This is how I got my email down to just 30 minutes a day. Welcome to the Paul Miners Podcast, the show that will help you to optimize your time, income, and lifestyle fast. Get more done with actionable, easy-to-follow advice and learn how to live life on your terms. And now, introducing your host, Paul Miners. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Paul Miners Podcast to episode number 113. As always, it is an absolute pleasure to have you listening today. I really do appreciate your time and your attention. And in today's episode, I'm sharing some tips on how I got down my email down to just 30 minutes a day. And the inspiration for this blog post and podcast came about as I was actually running an Asana training workshop here with a local client in New Zealand last week at the time of recording this. And one of the topics we talked about, as well as Asana, was email and how to use email more effectively. And so I thought I'd actually summarize a lot of what we talked about into a blog post. I've talked about email on my blog before, but it's something I want to revisit. Having now really been continuing to optimize my own best practices for a few years, I want to just revisit some of the key principles that I try to follow with email. Now, if you want to get access to any of the links of the things that I'm going to talk about today, you can find those at paulminers.com slash 113. And I'll, I'll try and point out while I'm recording this um, the links that I think you might be interested in because I've linked to a few different articles that I've written in the past where I actually talk about some of these things in a bit more detail. So I'll point that out for you. Now, email. Let's get into it. Email continues to be one of the most time-consuming parts of our day. And I feel like every week, you know, new studies are coming out talking about just how much time we spend on email. So, you know, McKinsey and company uh, have published a report saying that 28% of our work week is spent on email. That's about 11 hours a week. The Washington Post think it's more like four and a, uh, four point one hours a day over 20 hours a week and they even have a calculator you can use to work out how much time you spend on email over the course of your life uh the uh, Red radicati group i'm not saying that right um anyway they say um we spend about 100 sorry we send 124 emails a day and that number is actually growing and these numbers, um, when I read these, I was like, wow, that's a lot more than I'm doing. Um, and so I wanted to share some of the things that I'm doing to cut down my email. Now, one of the reasons I believe we spend too much time on email, uh, why spending too much time on email is bad, is that I think a lot of people use email as a distraction. Checking email is one of these like low energy tasks that makes you feel productive. And we sort of cheat ourselves. We make ourselves feel good like we're doing work. But people forget that email is a communication tool. And the real work usually happens outside of the inbox. So the first tip to get started with today, number one, is to track your email usage. So you need some way of tracking how much time you're spending on email because it's much harder to optimize your time when you don't know what that baseline is, like how much are you currently spending on email. And when you have that baseline, then we can try and improve it. So I've been using timing for the last couple of years. Um, and again, there's a link there for to get access to timing um, on my blog. I've been using Timing for years. It's an application on the Mac that runs in the background and it watches what apps and documents and websites you visit and use and so that it can actually paint a picture of how you spend your time. If you don't have a Mac, uh, another great option you can check out is Rescue Time, which I also have experience with. Uh, really enjoy Rescue Time as well. I, I do highly rate it. And so in preparation for this uh, blog post, this podcast today, I actually looked at the last 90 days in Timing and quite simply, I just looked at the Mail app on my Mac. And it was uh, 45, just over 45 hours I'd spent in mail on my Mac. And so I divided that by 90 days and I worked out, well, I've spent about 30 minutes a day on uh, email. 
And so this is a pretty quick and dirty way of calculating my time spent on email. I mean, uh, and, and I guess this period of time includes weekends, but that's fine because I am interested in seeing the total time spent on email, both work and personal, not just weekdays. Um, so that's, that's just a really simple way that I was able to track my email. So 90 days, 45 um, hours divided by 90 works out about half an hour a day. So yeah, I'm really happy with that. And I'm going to definitely try and maintain that going forward. So that's my baseline metric. That's what I'm trying to maintain. So tip number one, if you don't know how long you're currently spending on email, invest in some kind of time tracking option. Even if it's blocking out time on your calendar and trying to stick to that, find some means of tracking how much time you spend on email. Okay, next. Number two is to process to zero. Um, one of the most common mistakes I see people make with email is leaving all of their messages in their inbox. And this creates inefficiencies as it's much harder to see which emails still need to be dealt with and actioned or responded to from the ones that um, you've already dealt with or that just aren't important. And so uh, instead, what you want to try and do is get to inbox zero. Now, this term, which most people have heard of, it doesn't actually mean clearing out every single email in your inbox. It means processing each email so that you know what needs to be done with it. And to learn more about this, I highly recommend you watch um, the video by Merlin Mann. Uh, back from 2007, he gave a talk at Google. And he's got some fantastic email advice in this video. So you can find that in the blog post for this episode, paulminers.com slash 113. It's a great little uh, YouTube video. Let me just check here. Uh, it's an hour long. I would watch it on like one and a half or double speed. Um, but it's really good. He's got some really great actionable advice on how to process to zero. And so there are generally four ways you can do that. Number one, if you can respond or deal with an email like right now within a few minutes, you should just deal with it right there and then. And then once you've responded, archive the email. The second thing you can do is you can defer it. So if it's important, but you need more time to deal with it, you can add an item to your task list and defer the work to later. And so when I do this, I actually archive the email because I've now essentially moved that email onto my task list and I no longer need it in my inbox. So I archive the email when I'm done. If you can, you could potentially delegate the email. So I literally just got off a call with a client where we talked about this. Um, he has a lot of emails. He's feeling a bit overwhelmed right now. And so I said, you know, not all, you don't have to deal with all of these emails. Maybe there's a customer service query here that somebody else on your team can handle. So if possible, you can delegate sort of the urgent but less important stuff to people on your team or other people you work with potentially. And then finally, you can delete it. So a lot of email really doesn't need to be dealt with. It just falls into that category of like, you know, it's good to know information. And so it's not really actionable. Or maybe like me, I get emailed by people with different opportunities like, hey, this person wants to be on your podcast or here's a collaboration opportunity. And I say no to most of that kind of stuff. And so I just archive and delete a lot of this stuff. Now you can see with each of these four options, the common thread is archiving. So with each of these options, I, the end result, what, however I process the email is I'm archiving as I go. And I'm really surprised how many people don't follow this advice and don't even know that that little button in your inbox exists. And when I did the training with this team last week, I said, you know, you've got to archive that message and they, they didn't know what it meant. So archiving is where you move the message out of your inbox. And so in Gmail, you can actually find all of your mail in the all mail section. Uh, in Apple Mail and other clients, there's usually an archive folder. And so all you're doing is really getting the message out of your inbox. Um, it's still in the system. It's just not immediately viewable. The benefit of archiving is that it means your inbox should only contain new or unprocessed email. And so whenever, uh, whenever I suggest this to people, they usually tell me how much less overwhelmed they feel as a result of having a more minimal inbox. And so if you want to see a live example of actually how I process email, definitely check out my personal productivity toolkit. There's a link to that on my blog. 
uh, where I actually, in a demo video, I actually show you in real time how I process email, and it's really, really interesting following that process. So yeah, you want to try and get to this point, you process to zero and you archive as you go. So your inbox is really just the important stuff that you now need to deal with. Tip number three is don't waste time with folders and labels. Um, so this leads me yeah, really nicely onto my next point. After you've archived, a lot of people will put their emails into folders. They put them in, you know, you have folders or labels for like customers or suppliers. Um, and I always ask like, why are you doing that? Like, what's the purpose? And it's usually because it's like, well, I want to store all my customer email together so I can find it later. But usually when you want to find an email, you don't scroll through your folders. You use the search bar, which is much quicker. So what's the point in spending extra admin time filing stuff away? I don't see much point. Instead, I think folders or labels should have a function. So let me give you an example. I have my weekly newsletter that goes out and when a subscriber of mine replies to one of those emails, I have an email rule set up that will automatically put that email into a reply folder. It's just called reply. In fact, that's the only folder I have. And so in this case, the reply folder acts a bit like a separate inbox. It means that my subscriber emails are kept separate from my primary inbox where my main email is coming into. Uh, but I treat it like an inbox. So as I respond to people, I actually remove the replies from that archive, uh, from that reply folder. So again, it's just like an inbox. As I deal with it, I archive it. And so the reply folder really only contains the emails that I haven't responded to. So that's one example of how I use a folder or a label, uh, really to serve a functional purpose rather than for f like email management. Email management, you should just use search. So that's tip number three, don't waste time with folders and labels. Tip number four is you can save massive amounts of time using email templates and shorthand. Now, one of my favorite ways to save time on email is to use text expander for writing and responding using email templates and shorthand phrases. Now, you've probably heard me talk about text expander a lot on the blog and podcast before. In fact, full disclosure, text expander is a sponsor of today's episode. Um, but I have been using Text Expander for years. It is one of my most highly recommended um, productivity tools. So whether it's a proposal I'm sending to a client or if I'm following up with a subscriber, if I'm responding to an email, chances are I have a template in Text Expander that I can use to quickly spit out a message without actually having to write it. So I've pre-programmed in this template and I can just type a little code and it will spit out, you know, hi, name, blah, 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 blah. I even use Text Expander for writing shorthand phrases that I use a lot as well. So even if I have to manually write a message, like I don't have a template ready, I can quickly write little phrases like, um, I sometimes say, please let me know if you have any questions, or let me know if you need any help, or um, other, other little shorthand expressions that I use. So rather than typing that out, I use Text Expander to quickly type it. So I just say, semicolon questions, and it spits out that little phrase. And so, um, yeah, it's just such an amazing way of saving time with email. Like I said, I really cannot recommend it enough. It works on PC and Mac as well. Now, a lot of email clients, um, or there's Gmail extensions, mail clients that you can use and download that have um, email template functionality built in. So if you don't want to use Text Expander, it's well worth finding some sort of templating service for storing all the emails that you have to send on a frequent basis. Um, if you want to learn more about how I'm using Text Expander, not just for email, I have a link on my blog post there where you can see some other creative ways that I'm using Text Expander. But whatever solution you use, I think you need to set, find some time to um, sit down, write out some of those email templates for those common types of emails that you send again and again and again. 
This episode of the Pool Miners podcast is sponsored by Text Expander. Now, Text Expander is a tool you've probably heard me talk about on the blog and podcast quite a lot already. It's one of my absolute favorite productivity tools, and here's why. First off, it makes storing expandable text like email templates and links super easy and convenient. This means you can quickly write emails or share links and spit out text anywhere on any device. Now, Text Expander is also ideal for teams. And with a Teams account, your common responses are accessible and searchable by everyone on the team. They can be written and edited by your best writers, and changes are pushed out to your team on the fly. I use Text Expander with my wife Haley, and I can update email responses and links that she frequently uses, and she doesn't even need to worry about making any changes. She just gets the change without even realizing. Using Text Expander, you can save a massive amount of time and improve your productivity in very tangible ways. Last month, for example, I saved over four hours just on typing using Text Expander. To learn more and to get started, head to textexpander.com slash podcast and choose Paul Miners in the drop-down menu where it asks, how did you hear about us? And you can get a 30-day free trial and 20% off when you sign up. That's textexpander.com slash podcast to get a free 30-day trial and save 20%. And thank you, Text Expander, for sponsoring the Paul Miners podcast. Tip number five is to focus on outcomes. So one of the reasons people often spend more time on email than they should is due to straight up laziness. Now, when a message is received, you can reply and pass the buck back to the other party really quickly. So it's a bit like email tennis. You know, you hit the message back, you get it out of your your court in an attempt to just get on top of your email because we're really busy. Um, Now, it takes more effort, but it's more effective to spend a bit more time and focus on outcomes. So what do I mean? Well, first off, When you respond to a message, try and reduce the back and forth communication by getting to a resolution to an outcome quicker. And so a good way to do this is to use the if this, then that approach when you're writing your message. And actually, this is something I first came across when reading uh, Tim Ferriss's The 4-Hour Workweek. So for example, if I'm following up with a client, I'll say something like, hi, name, Um, following up to see if you're ready to book, you know, your Asana training session, blah, blah, blah. If so, you can book here. And here's a link to my Calendly. If not, let me know a better time to follow up. So I'm clearly giving you like options. If you're ready, do this. If not, do that. Um, so I'm trying to come to a resolution quicker. I don't want this back and forth, you know, oh, oh, are you free? Okay, what time? Like I'm trying to just say, okay, if you're free, do this. If not, tell me it's a better time to follow up. And so um, I'm clearly asking for some kind of response. Um, And yeah, like I just said, I use Calendly to schedule my appointments. I've talked about Calendly a lot as well. So rather than sending back and forth email to try and find a time to meet someone for a a call or a meeting, I send someone a link. It's just a a great way to focus on an outcome. You know, the outcome is I want you to book an appointment. Um, It's much quicker doing that with a scheduling tool than it is um, to get to email back and forth. It's actually really funny. Somebody once emailed me, I think it was, um, I can't remember even how they found me, but they said, oh, Paul, it's so uh, arrogant of you to uh, send this link and just ask people to book. And uh, I tried to, oh, it was actually, it was a comment on a blog post. And I had to explain, like, I'm actually doing this to try and save you and me both time. Like, I respect your time. So I'm actually trying to make it more efficient for you. It was just amazing. Like, most people love booking using Calendly, but this one person was just so insulted by it. It was really funny. Anyway, um, (laughs) where did I get to? So yeah, finally, um, with this concept of focusing on actions and outcomes, um, the other thing you can do is add and forward email to your task list. And so 
if you work with a team or and if, if you use some kind of project management tool like Asana, for example, or whatever you use, Basecamp, whatever, I think you can cut out email altogether by communicating using tasks. So instead of sending somebody on your team, somebody you work with, an email, you can assign them a task. And this not only reduces everyone's email, but it puts an emphasis on outcomes and getting work done. Because to assign a task, you have to actually think about what is the action, who's doing it, and when is it due. And so you can you can reach that outcome and work towards an outcome much more effectively and efficiently than you can than you can via email. So whatever method you use when you're replying to an email, try and think what is the actual action, what is the outcome that I'm trying to get to here and how can I skip some back and forth to reach that outcome quicker, whether it's a booking or some kind of task that needs to be done, how can we get there quicker? Step number six is to automate emails and uh, document management. So as I mentioned above, I have that reply folder to manage the responses received from my newsletter subscribers. And to pull this off, I have a simple email rule so that if someone responds to one of my newsletters, it automatically skips the inbox and goes into the reply folder. Now, because my newsletters contain specific text in the footer, it's very simple for me to do that. And you can see a screenshot on my blog of how I've done that in Gmail. Now, if you have certain types of messages that you want to highlight or deal with separately from your primary inbox, you can consider setting up a similar rule to automate that email sorting. Another little trick that I use, which I have to say I am very proud of, in fact, is I automatically forward my receipts and invoices to Zapier. And actually, I've got a link here where if you want to see more about how I do this and how it works, definitely check out the article that I've linked. And so I forward these receipts, invoices that I get, you know, when I pay my monthly MailChimp fee or whatever, I get a receipt that automatically gets forwarded to Zapier. So I use an email rule to do that. Zapier then sees the attachment, the receipt, saves it to my Dropbox, and it gets automatically renamed with the date and uh, goes into my Dropbox. And this means I don't have to manually save and sort my receipts. And it cuts down on the time I have to spend manually processing documents because they automatically just go into my Dropbox ready for my accounting. Um, I'm very proud of this little automation that I've set up. It saves me a ton of time. And I just think it's a great example of how tools like Zapier can be used to just um, offload and automatically process a lot of this manual stuff we have to do, including document storage. So that's um, something I'm doing. But yeah, tip number six here is automate your emails and document management if you can. Try and get creative with it. Look at tools like Zapier and think about how can I somehow automate this little activity that I have to do on a regular basis. So last couple of tips here, tip number seven, is to limit email use to a specific times of the day. Now, you've probably heard this before, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but if you're like me, that doesn't necessarily mean you stick to this. Um, and so, yeah, we all know that we should try and limit your email usage um, so that we reduce the total amount of time spent on an email. Um, I personally, I like to deal with my email first thing in the morning. Now, popular belief says that you should start your day with a high energy, important task. Um, it's just my personal preference. I much prefer to start by just clearing my inbox and responding to clients because I'm in a different time zone to my clients. They've emailed me, so I just want to respond to them um, and uh, deal with that first. If I don't, there's often this just mental weight hanging over my head. So that's why I prefer to start with email. Regardless of when you first check your inbox, you should be trying to limit the total amount of time you do spend in email. So either close your email down, turn off your email notifications so you're not tempted to dip into that inbox throughout the day. And these micro amounts of time 
but if you are dipping into your inbox, they quickly add up and it's much more efficient to actually batch your email and process everything two or three times a day instead of dealing with them one-on-one, -on -one, you know, switching from a task, you see an email, you deal with it. Two or three times a day, you should be sorting and processing your email in these little batches. So yeah, again, it's probably something you've heard before, but if you're like me, you probably uh, don't always follow this good advice. So something to think about, even go to the efforts I was saying to this client of mine just before, put a block of time on your calendar for doing email. Sounds really simple, but it just holds you accountable to these specific blocks of time. And finally, tip number eight is to unsubscribe from unnecessary newsletters. Um, one of the best ways I think to spend less time on email is to have less email to deal with. That means unsubscribing from promotional emails and newsletters that you don't read. Um, hopefully not my newsletter. <laughs> I actually do subscribe to a few select newsletters that I really enjoy um, and that's okay. But unsubscribe from a lot of the promotional and marketing materials that you receive and services that you've signed up for as well. As you sign up for different internet services, you'll often get these automated system emails. You can usually customize those and reduce the uh, noise that you get in your inbox. So I recommend just making it a regular practice. If you're getting an email, ask yourself, you're like, do I need this? And just unsubscribe or customize your notification settings for those different services to make sure you only hear about the things that you want to hear about. So a little example, I use a service called Mandrill. Uh, it's part of MailChimp and it's what I use to deliver my um, website emails. And it's, they just send like a weekly deliverability report, just some very basic statistics on how my emails are performing. Um, it's just one of these nice to know emails. I just, I, I, I could unsubscribe from it, but I do like to check it, make sure emails are still being delivered successfully every week. So that's an example of a system email that I do enjoy getting. But other system emails like from Asana, for example, like task reminders, I don't want to get that. I'm going to see that in Asana. So I've turned those off. Um, I often find as well, like salespeople um, and services and things, they'll often find my email address online and they'll add it to their mailing list without my permission, which is actually not allowed, but it does happen. And I usually reward this, this behavior by marking it as junk, which actually penalizes the sender over time um, and it will hurt their email deliverability. So if you do this... Um, don't. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Um, but you can as well use services like SaneBox, which is a service I've used before, um, to move all of this unimportant email, or, or sorry, this email that you get from like salespeople, you can put it into what they call the Sane black hole. And so the black hole means uh, when you put it in there, SaneBox, if, you, if they receive an email from that person again, it'll just skip your inbox. You'll never actually see it. Um, SaneBox is a great service, actually. If you do get a lot of email, uh, when you sign up for it, It'll process your email into two folders. One is the same later folder, which is just all these non-important email. And one is just your main inbox, like, you know, actual replies, customers, um, family, all of that will go into your main inbox and the non-important stuff will go into the same later folder. So with this client I was talking to before, he had thousands of emails in his inbox and, um, and so I said, let's sign up to Sane later. And it's actually a very quick way of being able to sort the non-urgent, non-important email from the more important stuff. Uh, I'm not currently using it because I've reduced the volume of email that I get down to a point where I don't need that service. But it is a great uh, option if you do want to um, try and filter that email in some way. Um, now, I, as well, um, I actually, another quick example is I get approached by salespeople often trying to sell me different services for my business. And so usually those types of things, I just archive these straight away and I don't even bother with a response. And so that's something you can, you can do as well. Like you, not every email you get deserves a response. It's within your right, it's your inbox. It's within your, and it's your time. More importantly, it's within your right to not reply. Um, so don't feel like you have to reply to people. You know, we're social animals. We like to please people. Um, but, you know, often people just kind of spamming you with templated emails like, hey, I want to sell you this thing. Like, 
just just archive it. So that's my final tip: is unsubscribing and um, from unnecessary newsletters and trying to just reduce the amount of email that you get. So I hope today's episode has given you a few ideas of ways that you can reduce your time spent on email. And the whole purpose here is so that you can have more time, free up more time to get to the work that actually matters. Uh, It'll help you to feel less overwhelmed as well. So if you have any thoughts, feedback, questions, tips of your own, tools to share, please head on over to my blog, paulminers.com slash 113, and leave me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts, feedback, tips, questions are. That's it from me today. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode, and I will see you next time on the Paul Miners Podcast.